We're going to wrap up the conversation, which is because if you've been following us, a lot of the things we will be discussing this evening are not going to be new to us. By the grace of God, in the month of December, we have been on the topic signed, sealed, and delivered. I want to encourage you to revisit these materials. Two reasons why I encourage you to revisit the materials. Number one reason is no matter how attentive you are, you can't capture the essence, all right, in the first pass, in the first take. The second reason is as you grow and you mature, your understanding changes such that you can go back and revisit and you will hear something you didn't hear before. Not because it's newly said, but because the person listening to it has now grown. It's the same way if you were to play for a child and that child is now in college and you play the same set of words, their understanding and appreciation is different. So because you are growing, I will encourage you to make our time to revisit. Glory to God. Last week, Wednesday, we had our carol service. It was amazing. A big thank you to members of our production team who were a part of bringing that experience to us. It's a reminder that the lockdown doesn't incapacitate us. It just challenges us to be more creative and to continue to enjoy fellowship with one another and with God's spirit. Praise God. All right, let's dive into the word. Father, as we look into your word, we receive illumination and revelation by your spirit. Teach us by yourself and let Jesus alone be glorified for in Jesus' name we are prayed. Glory to God. All right, we started our conversation on 10 irrefutable truths about the believer in Christ. And if you are paying attention, not just with your ears, but with the ears of your spirit, you will see a systematic progression, all right, to these truths. First, we said that we have received forgiveness of sins. It, having that settled will permit you to be able to accept that you have been justified. If you do not agree that your sins are forgiven, then you cannot receive justification by faith. Having received justification by faith, you cannot begin to lay hold on the gifts and the benefits of your redemption. So number one was forgiveness of sins. Number two was we have received justification. Number three, there is health there. By his stripes, our healing has been secured. Number four is that we have peace with God, all right, and we can receive the peace of God in the place of prayer. We hoped to get to number five in the first installment, but we just couldn't rush it. So today we'll do number five, God helping us all the way to number 10. If we don't get to number 10 today, then we'll continue in 2022. Glory to God. Someone said, why not 2021? Because the Wednesdays in 2021 are, are booked. Let's just put it that way. They are fully booked. Glory to God. Our anchor scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 21. Wherefore I also, I believe it's on your screen. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. These are very deep verses where we're, we're trying not to break them down now, all right? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory 
of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe according to the working of his mighty power. We'll come back to this shortly, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. Right hand, does it mean Jesus is here? Someone else is here, all right? The right hand there is a position of authority in the heavenly places far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. Somebody say glory to God. All right. So having settled that we have received forgiveness of sins, remember there is a systematic arrangements to this. It is the one who agrees that their sins are forgiven that can accept justification by faith, that can enjoy and lay claims to divine health, that can ensure and enforce the peace that they now have with God. And then number five, I know you're writing, so I want to give you some time to get out your notes, get out your pads. Don't worry, we'll wrap up very early this evening because we have a vigil tomorrow. It's not really a vigil. Vigil means all night. So it's, it's an evening service. Praise God. Just kidding. It's a vigil. It's a New Year's Eve crossover service into the new year. We're excited about what lies ahead of us. Number five is that we have liberty. Somebody say we have liberty. Somebody say we have liberty. All right. Let's go to Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. Remember, we've received forgiveness of sins. We've received justification, and those, these words were well explained in the last lesson. Please find them. They're all on all platforms. You can find them and refresh, just as if it never happened. We've been justified. The tenets and payment for your health secured peace with God, the commander, the captain of your peace, the enforcing peace with God. Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace for sin shall not have dominion over you it's amazing when the concept of being free the concept of having liberty is alien to many that is because what the world calls freedom is just a change of masters what the world calls freedom is essentially a change of masters. It's, it's a black-wearing devil changing to a white-wearing devil. So the name on the paper has changed and you are lied to that you are free. It's, it's the way someone says, I'm free, I'm a grown-up person now, I can do what I want and, and I'm just going to live my life. No, if you are still under the, the, the low-level existence of your natural tendencies. What has changed is your masters. You've escaped maybe your father's house or your mother's house or that parental control there, but you've not attained freedom. What you've, have, you've changed masters. So they are no longer in charge of you, but now your flesh, your human weakness has now ascended. And they call that freedom. I'm a free spirit. I do what I want when I want. That's the speech of one who is not free. Glory to God. 
I read a quote somewhere. It's a scriptural, so I agree with it. It says, discipline is the highest form of freedom. Discipline is the highest form of freedom. Freedom is not, I've escaped like a bird. I can fly anywhere. You will get lost. That's not freedom. That definitely is not freedom. Glory to God. So what exactly is the liberty we have received? Romans, someone is looking at me and saying, he said it will be fast. We're still on number five. Don't worry. The grace is available for us. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. I'm jumping to verse 17. It says, but God be thanked that you were servants of sin. Read that as slaves. You were slaves of sin. It says, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. I'm going it says, being then made free from sin. Child of God, please pay attention. Being then made free from sin. It says, and I want you to understand, un underline this in your Bible. Being free from sin doesn't mean we'll no longer have a master. Being free, <laughs> I hope someone is getting this. Being free from sin, you became servant of righteousness. It says, for when you were servants, you were free from righteousness. Verse 21, what fruit are ye then in those things? Whereof you are now ashamed, and of those things is death. Verse 22, but now be made free. Somebody say this with me. I am free, and I have liberty. Hmm. You know, there's a rule in the, in the military. I know there are a couple of, of um, advocacy groups trying to make amends to that. But you, you obey first, then you question later. You obey first, you question later. Um, I don't look like it, but my elementary school was military. High school was military. And... You'll be, you'll be amazed at what military training can do to you in, in terms of a regimented life. Anyway, the point we're making here is that sin is a terrible master. It gives instructions. It sets expectations. It doesn't care what you have on your vision board. It doesn't care what you have written on your phone when it comes after you with the cravings and the desires, it wants you to say yes. But part of what you have received in Christ is that unlike that general that you cannot look at and say no to, there is an empowerment by God's spirit that you can look at that sin. You can consider the pleasures and you can look at it and you can choose to say no. No, I won't do that. I am not a slave to my body. I won't do that. I am not a slave to my lusts. I can say no. I can walk away. Glory to God. Somebody say again, I have liberty. Let's move fast. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 sheds immense light on this. It says, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. He's saying that now free walk like a free man now that you have been set free walk like a free person now that you've been declared free you've been liberated walk 
like a free person. Now that the chains of the prison could then walk out of the prison. Walk out. Go maximize life and discover the abundant life that lies ahead of you. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right, let me switch to the Amplified and let's, let's, let's see what this says. It says, in this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Somebody say completely liberated. It says, stand fast then and do not be hampered and held and snared and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you have once put off. Glory to God. So I want you to remind yourself again, say, my sins are forgiven. I am justified. I walk and enjoy divine health. I have peace with God. And I am free. Come on, say, I am completely liberated. Glory to God. Number That's number five. I think we're doing well. We can do better. Number six, honor. 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 Child of God, um, one of the things that is very dear to God's heart is irrespective of what state, what phase you are in your journey, God does not use shame in his repertoire of relating with his children. God does not use shame. Shame is, according to psychologists, one of the strongest emotions possible for the human soul to experience. It is why there are many things you've learned in your life that you cannot remember. There are things maybe when you were five, I'm talking of adults now, things that happened when you were much younger that you cannot remember. But there are some things I bet that you can remember, things that add shame connected to them. It has a way of finding the most sacred portions of your memory and ingraining itself there to ensure that you will remember those embarrassing, despicable moments that you don't want to talk about, you don't want to imagine, you don't want to remember it. But we have an enemy who will constantly look for situations for shame. And I speak into your life that any agreement, any relationship, any partnership with shame is broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Part of what Christ has secured for you, part of what Christ has secured for me as our inheritance, as our inheritance in Christ is honor. Somebody say honor. All right. Joel chapter 2 verse 27. It says, and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. It says this, this is a categorical statement about God's children. He's saying that my people, my people shall never be ashamed. It's down on your screen. My people shall never be ashamed. Child of God, remember, part of our responsibilities is enforcement. Anytime you smell, anytime you perceive, anytime you sense whatever looks like shame, you can know of a truth that that is not God. Why? Because our covenant with him does not involve shame. Yes, it involves discipline. It involves training. It involves building. It involves stature. It involves stamina. It involves ad knocks. It involves trials. It involves tribulations. But it does not involve shame. God does not use shame to train his children. My people shall never be put to shame. Why does God take this so personally? Because he's already taking the shame. 
any additional shame a child of God has to experience is double payment. And in the courts of heaven, by God's system of justice, that is unrighteousness. And you therefore cannot permit it. John chapter 19 from verse 1 to 3. John chapter 19 verse 1 to 3. You know, part of this is why we have to find the truth of God's word and build our lives on God's word. You know, in Easter period, um, where we have different movies about Jesus, the most popular one, I believe, is The Passion of the Christ. There are people that when they watch the movie, they just feel closer to God. This is what my master went through. This is what he suffered for me. And then one week, two weeks down the line, system restore. They're back to normal. And then they need a movie to remind them of how much their Savior suffered for them. But for those of us in Christ, we don't need no movie to remind us of the pain. What we need, what reminds us is that receipt. That every time shame stares us in the face, I can go comfortably and say the word says, it is written, according to the legal tender, it is written that I will not be put to shame. Why? Because my Savior experienced the most brutal embarrassment possible of any human. And he's taking away my shame. Come on, tap your chest and say, he's taking away my shame. And now there's only all honor and glory left for me. Say it like you believe it. He's taking away my shame. And now there's only honor and glory for me. John chapter 19, verse 1 to 3. Be mindful of our time. Then Pilate, therefore, he took Jesus and scorched him. Can you imagine? A human. A human. Verse 2. And the soldiers plated a crown of thorns. This was plain mockery. And put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. And said, Hail, King of the Jews. So what do you do to a king? You bow and worship. But to show you that this was, this was deliberate embarrassment and shame. It says they smote him with their hands. The king of glory. You know what? He took it. He took it just for one reason. So that you won't have to take it. He took all of that pain. He took all of that embarrassment. And I keep on saying this. The, the reason why Jesus had to die on a cross. The reason why he had to die on the cross was because of the shame and the embarrassment and the curse that such a death warranted. There were other ways that this lamb of God could have been sacrificed. We don't have the time to go into the shadow in the old covenant of the two goats that were required. But he, he took the place of both for you. He went outside the camp as, as our scapegoat. Took the pain, took the shame, took the embarrassment, embarrassment. Not only was he slaughtered, he laid there on that cross. He decided to be helpless. He wasn't helpless. He could have summoned not even the host of angels, just one. One would have been enough. Just deal with them, let them know I'm God, then let's continue this thing. He didn't do it. He took the shame so that you won't take the shame. Child of God, glory and honor is your inheritance in Christ. Do not accept anything less. Do not. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Hebrews 2, 9 and 10. But we see Jesus, who was made, who was made, there's no time to discuss this. Who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. We see him now 
crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. He's tasted death. He's tasted shame for every man. He underwent that suffering. He says now he has been crowned not just with the mockery crown of thorns. He says now he's crowned with glory and honor. The resurrected Christ that you and I have been raised up with. We now wear a crown of glory and honor. Verse 10. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. He says God permitted this. The whole idea was a seed principle. One will die and be buried so that many will rise unto life. Somebody say glory to God. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 and 10. Same scripture I'm reading from the NLT. It says, what we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position, a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom, through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children, you, myself, and as many who will receive this gift of salvation. He's brought us in to glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. Glory to God. Glory to God. God hates injustice. God hates shame. His plan for you is glory. His plan for you is honor. You know, it just reminds me the story of the prodigal son who, the Bible tells us, he came back to his senses and he told himself, even the servants... In my father's house, do not live like this. They don't live this shamefully. As far as he was concerned, he was willing to go back and tell his father, you know what, I, I can't even be your son anymore. Just fix me somewhere. I, I, I know how your servants are dignified. I don't, I don't, I've lost my chance to be called a son. I just want anywhere, anything, but I know it won't be this bad. Child of God, if you find yourself in a far land, in a foreign land, in a strange place where you've spent all in riotous living, don't stay there and continue to roll in that shame. It's time for you to wake up and tell yourself, no, I can't continue to exist like this. I have a father that I can run back to. And guess what? When you come back to him, he's not installing you as one of his slaves, but he's restoring you back to sonship. He's giving you your rightful inheritance with him that you are dignified and you can enjoy life in his presence. Glory to God. Glory to God. I've been crowned with glory and honor. I remind myself when many times situations of life try to threaten me and I look at the situations and I smile. I say, you're, 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 you're toiling with the wrong person. This one is crowned with glory and honor. See yourself as royalty, the way God sees you. Glory to God. Number seven. Looking at my time. I think we're doing well. Number seven, number seven, number seven, part of the truth about you is that you have been given power. You have been given power. You are not powerless. You are not helpless. You are not without hope. You have power. Child of God, you have power. I'm going to prove it to you from scripture, and I'm going to show you your responsibility to this power. Hmm. I have power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, but you shall 
receive power. Ah, oh, Lord, help us. We might just stay here for a few seconds. He says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. However, we have a generation of people who want to receive power without the Holy Ghost coming. They are trying to navigate. And let me tell you, child of God, if you look at the order in which we've gone, this is what ensures your victory, especially when you enter into the systems of justice and when you enter into spiritual warfare. If you do not have confidence that your sins are forgiven and you've been justified, if you are not sure of your inheritance and your stand in Christ, if you are not confident that your shame is taken away, you've been crowned with glory and honor, if you are not sure of the liberty that you have in Christ, demons, situation, life will make a big mess of you and embarrass you, and the conclusion of your world will be there is no power. But there's power. Glory to God. He says, child of God, you must. You know, Jesus said this. He said, it is better for you. It is It is. To your advantage that I live, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, might come. He says you will receive power after. You will receive power after, not before. You will receive power. Child of God, if you continue to fight the ministry of the Spirit, then you are saying no to power. I think someone should write that down. If you continue to refuse the ministry of the Spirit in your life, then you are saying no to power. But you shall receive dynamis after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you based on this power. Then you can now do work. You can get work done after you have been endued with power. You have received power, then you can do my work. You can do great works. You can do good works ordained aforetime. You can do the works of God. You can believe. Having received power, glory to God. Glory to God. But it's interesting to note, and I think we'll mention this briefly, that the power package that God has for you is power in your spirit, power in your soul, power in your body. Can you say that with me? I receive power and strength in my spirit. I receive power and strength in my soul. That is mental discipline. That is the power that allows you to say no. The power that allows you to say no. The power that everything around you, your whole world is upside down. The bills piled up, calls, collections, everybody calling you. And there is an opportunity to compromise. There is a power for we, from within. You don't even think about it for a moment. It's not even up. It's not, it's not, you don't understand. It's not on the table for consideration at all. Why? Because there's power in your inner man. And then there's power physically. That allows us to continue to go. We are running on a fuel that is more than exercise and good diet. We are supplied strength that surges from inside and provides us vitality in this body. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. We read at the beginning just to show you a few things here. It says, what is the exceeding greatness of his dynamis to us word who believe according to to the working of his mighty Kratos power, Iskos. So you say, what? what is he saying? What is he saying? The words translated at different portions, power in the New Testament from the original Greek, refer to very dunamis, his inherent power, power that requires tearing up. 
Kratos is, is might, inside strength, all right? And Iskus there is talking about power to do, power to do. So God's provision for you is power in your spirit, man, energizing you and giving you stature and stamina. But you quicken that power. You stir it up, that gift. He says there's power in your inner might. There's might, there's strength for you to be able to stand. Having done all to stand, then you get up. Getting up there requires strength from inside. You're able to withstand and take your place and insist on your right. Is that not boldness? That's not confidence? That is strength from within. And then there's power. There's power to go. It surges to this body. Glory to God. I said glory to God. How do I know this is possible? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14. Looking at my time. Proverbs 18, verse 14. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. It says, if you have power in your spirit, just give your body time. The body can be weak. It says, but the spirit man must not be powerless. The spirit man must not be powerless. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right. So let's do a quick recap. I have received forgiveness of sins. All my sins are forgiven. Therefore, I have been justified by faith. It means the judge has ruled in my favor, not guilty. Not just not guilty, but the file and the ordinances that were written against me, that were contrary to me, have been blotted, unwritten. So I am just as if I never sinned, justified. You can only receive that by faith. I am walking in divine health because his stripes secured divine health for me. It says, by whose stripes you were healed. I have peace with God. I am not his enemy. I have confidence when I come to the place of his presence. Number five tells us there that we have liberty. Liberty. We've been made completely liberated from this slave of sin, but not just to become slaves of ourselves, but we are now slaves of righteousness. Number six tells us that shame is not in your dictionary. Shame is not a word that exists in your life and in your journey. He says he has crowned you with glory and he has crowned you with honor. Child of God, I want you to hold on to this in particular. As we launch into the year 2021, it will be a year of glory and honor. For you, in the name of Jesus, the honor and the glory befitting of royalty that you are, it will begin to manifest in the mighty name of Jesus. And he has given us power. He's given us dynamic strength in us from within. He's given us iskos. There's strength in your soul and strength in your body. There's no room for weakness. There's no room for frailty. There's no room for being light in the spirit. We are men of stature, women of stature. Glory to God. Okay. Number eight is very close to number seven. Very close to number seven. Not only do we have power, but we also have authority. They are similar, but they are different. Power. Power. Let me illustrate. I don't know if we're live, right? If I try, oh, wow, I can't. Okay. I think I'm quite strong physically, spiritually also. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Now, what I just did was there was a need for work to be done. And I did the work because I am strong enough. There are a couple of people in this room right now. Maybe not a couple, maybe one. Praise God. Someone just got their sub. Who might not be able to carry this because the power rating 
is not as much. Now, power is not the only thing required to get things done. When you don't have power, if you have authority, then you can tell someone to move it. Or you can tell it to move. You don't need to be able to carry it. So, what does God do? He looks at us and he's saying, I don't just want them speaking to mountains, speaking to mountains. I want to equip them with power, with dynamis. I want them to exhibit the fullness of power in the spirit. I want them to be strengthened in their inner man, in their minds, to have mental discipline, the power to say no. And I want them to be vital people of life with strength and vitality in their bones and in their bodies. He says, in addition to me making power available for them, now I now bequeath to them my authority. That in my name, even though they are powerful, they can stay and say, get out in the name of Jesus. They won't need to lift a finger, not because the power is not there, but they have someone authority. Somebody say authority. The word authority in the New Testament is exousia. It is leveraging on another's power. Using another's name. Another's name. And the, the reason we pray in the name of Jesus is not so you know when to say amen. It's not so you know when the prayer ends. We are leveraging the authority of the highest name in heaven. There are people who bear the name Jesus. In fact, I was watching a match the other day. One team at Gabriel, the other team at Jesus. And someone said, it's amazing that the angel could not tackle Jesus. It was just all funny. Those are their names. So beyond the name, the, the person will be as Jesus. If he doesn't reckon the authority in the name of Jesus, we'll never see anything happen. And the call is, are you calling me? Are you calling my Savior? It's not just in the name. There's authority in that name. And when we call that name, we are leveraging on the authority that has been bequeathed. The demons showed up to the sons of Sceva. They said, Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. Who are you? You have no power. You have no standing. You have no stature. You have, no, you have nothing. And you just want to use authority? And that's the problem with authority. We have people who are not sure that they have received forgiveness of sins. That are not justified. That have not been liberated from the shackles of sin. People who are still visiting the old nature. Steady. I want to show up and display power. Want to summon authority? Just like that. No, no. Not correct. No, 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 no. We will not bring disrepute to the name of Jesus. He's giving us authority. We steward the authority. He says this name is so powerful. At the name of Jesus, knees bow, everything, in heaven, on earth, under the earth. The name is powerful. There's authority in the name of Jesus. It works. Glory to God. Matthew 28, verse 18. It's been on your screen for a while. Jesus approached and breaking the silence, said to them, All authority, all power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is a very important statement. This is a very important statement. There was a transaction that occurred in the garden of his presence at the beginnings. There was a transaction where man willfully, the first Adam, legally bequeathed authority to Satan. Bequeathed legally. And this ancient serpent shows up to the second Adam 
All right, and says, I own everything. You bow to me. And the second Adam said, no, 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 you might be right. You are temporarily right. He says, but it is written. He didn't argue. He didn't have a long discussion because he knows that I am about to receive this back. And the last Adam, glory to God, the resurrected Christ has received everything back legally and completely. He says, he made an open show of them. He made glory to God, received all them keys back. And he says, now having received this back, all exousia, all dunamis, the fullness of everyone's authority. It says, I now bequeath it unto you. Glory to God. Child of God, for a minute, if you can just think and let it sink in the authority you have. Can I announce to you that what you are afraid of is afraid of you? What you are scared of is scared of you? There is just that hope in the camp of the enemy. May she not know who she is. May he not find out what he carries. Because the day he finds out, the day he finds out, I don't know about you, as a last born, when you grow up a last born or a last child, you'll be shocked. Amazing things. When you go to your big brothers, oh, um, this thing, can you help me remove this bone from this fish? You just say, oh, he's not good, he's not good. Ah, he's not good. Let's throw it away. Bring, let me throw it away for you. And your fish is gone. Your fish is gone. Praise God. Sounds like pity. I still sound in pain. Now I can buy an ocean. Glory to God. Not just one fish. <laughs> Praise God. But the point is, if you don't know what you carry, and you go to the devil, can you, can you explain to me this authority that I have? <laughs> You've gone to the wrong person. He's going to tell you, oh, this thing you have, it, it doesn't work. You need to buy one plug and one adapter from somewhere. They will go down seven oceans, and at the end of the fifth ocean, they get into a pool of oil, and you need 10 people to get there. In fact, it's impossible. Just forget it. But when you show up, and they check you out, and they see this one knows what he carries, she knows what she carries, and when you say, get out in the name of Jesus, they know. They know. They know. They are constantly scanning, constantly checking, who are you? Who are you? If you go to war, if you go to war, and you have soldiers on crutches. You have soldiers on... You, I, I, I know you guys watch these movies, these old movies where you have the enemy camp advancing. You know, you're running and they're shouting, ah, you know that one running? The other camp to running, ah. Imagine you go to war. And you just see people on wheel, wheelchairs with due respect to differently enabled persons who need to use those supplemental equipment. But I'm, I'm using this to make a point. You have people want more that some some using walking sticks. You have some who need assistance in walking. You have some who look so frail they've not eaten in maybe 20, 50 days. And that's your army. That's your army. And they are, the enemy camp is advancing, running. And you are meant to be running. To, the one on the wheelchair is trying to roll. The one on the crutches. The enemy will get to a point and pause. Are we here to play? Are we here to play? When God shows you your spiritual x-ray, you will commit to feeding. You will commit to feeding. Sometimes the enemy just sees you shouting. It's like, are we, are we joking here? Are we joking? Look at this person shouting. Are we, are we here to play? You know, that's how Goliath felt too. Glory to God. Just that we reckon no man after the flesh. Goliath saw the physical frame of David. He didn't see the God he carried. Child of God, what matters is not your physical frail stature. You might have no muscles, but in the spirit, you can have strength. And that takes me straight to number nine. 
Number nine is strength there. I have to jump now. Philippians 2 verse 9. If you are writing down under authority, God has exalted and given him a name which is above every name. That name is above cancer. That name is above diabetes. That name is above lack. That name is above poverty. Authority needs to be deployed. Authority is not automatic. Authority needs to be deployed. If you do not make decrees based on the authority you have, nothing will happen. Your best bet is power. And there's so much you can do. We are going to need to awake and arise in the fullness of the authority that we have received and tell this ancient serpent, it was once in your hands, but it's been completely extracted from you. All power, all authority, all dominion now belongs to my king. Therefore, in that name, on that authority, I decree. And you make decrees based on that. Glory to God. I said glory to God. If you're writing Colossians 2, Colossians 2 verse 9, Colossians 2 verse 9, Colossians 2, 9 and 10, you can write that. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20, Ephesians 1, 20 to 22, write that down. Let's jump to strength. Let's jump to strength. Let's jump to strength. Abilities. Abilities by the Spirit of God. Abilities by the Spirit of God. So, let's do a quick recap. I've been forgiven. I've been justified. I enjoy divine health. Yes, go on, you're right, you're right. I can see you're right. Okay, number four, you're right. Number five, you're right. Number six, you're right. Yes, number seven, power. Number eight, authority. Number nine, strength. Strength. Philippians chapter four, verse nine to 13. It says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. And the God of peace shall be with you. I'm reading Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. And the God of peace shall be with you. Say, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. This is King James English. I'll break this down shortly. It says, now, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, these are big words, I'll break it down, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then he says in verse 13, the reason why I read the preceding verses is to give us context. Many people show up suddenly and say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And when you say, what do you mean by all things? You're not sure. In context here, Paul was saying that I can navigate all seasons. <laughs> he says, I can navigate life on the mountain. I can navigate life in the valleys. Child of God, especially as we transit into a year like 2021, it is going to be a year for the strong. The weak cannot stand what is coming. Hmm. A year for the strong. It's, Paul is saying here, it says, abundance, I know it. Lack, I've been there. Minimum resources, maximum resources, whatever the enemy wants to throw at me, 
He says, there's not this one here. I can do all things. I can withstand all situations because I know all those situations are temporal. The reality of my existence is the reality of God's word, which is why he can say in the preceding, preceding verse, he says, I rejoice greatly. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. He, he was talking here essentially of a time when he didn't have a lot. And these guys thought it needs to send him out. Remember, he had his own job. In addition to being an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, he had his occupation. He never desired to be a burden to God's people. He says, but I know what it means to have a tough patch. He says, I navigated that season in rejoicing. That is where strength is required. Child of God, there is no season of your life that should be strong enough to take rejoicing off your lips. That is what it means when he says, I can do all things. It doesn't mean I can jump, I can do high jump, I can do Olympics. No, that's not what it means. It means I can navigate all seasons with rejoicing and thanksgiving on my lips. I can do all things. He says this, <laughs> this, this requires strength and this strength comes only from Christ. He says it defies logic. It doesn't make sense. These things, half of it, have broken others down, destroyed families, shattered some people's faith, turned them to atheists and agnostics. Some don't even believe there is a God anymore. But look at me here. I am still rejoicing, shouting about my God. This can only be the strength that Christ supplies me. All seasons of life, in rejoicing, I am rejoicing. When they are mourning on the outside, I am rejoicing. When they are dancing, I am rejoicing. When they are questioning, I am rejoicing. In all seasons, I can do all things. Glory to God. Hmm. What a word. Philippians 4 verse 12. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. And let me tell you, that secret is rejoicing. That's what Paul is saying here. And that's the source of strength. Remember how Nehemiah put it? I don't think he's in, he's in my references. But Nehemiah puts it this way. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's nothing as weak as a hopeless man. All his biceps, all his triceps are a waste if there is no hope and no strength for tomorrow. In 2021, don't allow the enemy steal your song. Don't allow the enemy get to the place where your rejoicing is under attack. It's, it's in a sealed, impenetrable place. It doesn't matter what is going on. Man, people are like, are you in denial? Are you not seeing what is going on? I'm saying, you can't, can't you see where I'm seated? I am in a place of rejoicing. My circumstances are that. They are circumstantial. They don't last. In another five, ten years, we've moved on. But guess what? Guess what's grown in, grown in stature? Guess who has become a giant in the spirit? Guess who has unlocked the power of rejoicing? Glory to God. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's the New Living Translation. Nehemiah puts it this way. The joy of the Lord. Rejoicing in the Lord is the source of my strength. When you are feeling weak, child of God, tune off. Get yourself some nice good music. And begin to rejoice in your God. Do a dance. Even if you can't dance, do a dance. Even if you can't sing, sing a song. Even if your song is off key, you make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Glory to God. You sing, you part yourself, you sing the treble. Even if it's terrible, you sing your alto. Even if it is onto, 
You sing your tenor, even if it is terrible. You sing, you do your dance, you rejoice to your God. I can dance, but this is no, so you think you can dance? There's no word here, I'm rejoicing to my king. The enemy wants me lying and saying, God, where were you? No, God, where were you? I know where he is. I know he's seated on his throne. His spirit fills my heart and he fills me with strength for rejoicing. Glory to God. Proverbs, Proverbs 24 verse 10. Proverbs 24 verse 10. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. This is a powerful scripture. This is a powerful, this is one of the scriptures that kept me going at a very difficult time in my life. I said, God, I think this is too much for me, but your word says it is not too much for me. You know, it's amazing. There is no temptation that is unique to you. It says, for with the same temptation, he will make a way of escape. So I found this scripture. Is my strength really small? That means my rejoicing is not enough. Mm, so I got it. Let me read it to you from the good news. If thou faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Your strength is small. It is my prayer for you that your strength will not be small. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will unlock the might of thanksgiving and rejoicing. In all seasons of life, praise will always be on your lips for your maker. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. Haven't we made it? We made it all the way to number 10. So let's do a quick recap. I am forgiven. If you can repeat it to me, I am forgiven. I am justified. I enjoy divine health. I have peace with God. I have complete liberty. I am crowned with glory and honor. I have power in my spirit, man. I have power in my soul. I have power in my body. I execute the authority of heaven. Things above, things on the earth, things under the earth, they bow at the name of Jesus. I am strengthened on my inside. There is always rejoicing on my lips. And number 10, number 10 is I have received Grace upon grace. I think this one needs no explanations. We've been talking about grace on Sundays. Grace multiplied. Grace upon grace. There is a reason why it is number 10. Grace upon grace. Multiplication is the reward for faithfulness. Multiplication is the reward for faithful stewards. It is required of stewards that they are found faithful. When you are faithful in enforcing the agenda of the kingdom, you are. Enf Let me tell you, your walking in divine health doesn't benefit just you in a way that you are healthy. It is an additional testament that God's word is true. Walking in authority and power, it doesn't just ensure there's peace in your family. No, it is a testament that indeed this authority that was given to you, it works. Authority works. No, it occurred to me last year, was it last year as we begin to tie this up now? Last year, last year, December, during the prayer and fasting, I knew it was a 30-day prayer and fasting, but for some strange reason, people were asking questions, PD, are we allowed to eat December 25? Are we fasting? I was like, well, it's Jesus' birthday, you can break at 12. I was feeling powerful. 
that I have the authority bequeathed on me as being PD to dictate whether people can fast or not fast. But it was just one of our pastors that just called me and said, PD, you know it's 31 days in December. I said, yes. He said, it's 30 days of fasting. I said, yes. Said, December 25th, there's no fasting. I was like, oh, I see, I see, I see. Now, that sense of worth I felt dictating whether or not you should break on 25th, it was not given to me. It was not available. And that's how authority works. Is it given to you? Is there substance to it? And when we enforce this and walk in this truth, we bring the Father glory. As a reward of that faithful stewardship, it begins to multiply graces unto you. And I know I am speaking to champions. I am speaking to men and women of stature. I am speaking to giants in the kingdom. Some of you may never get titles. Some of you may never be called pastor. Some of you may never be called evangelist. Some of you may never be called prophets or apostles. But the Lord has told me clearly what he's doing with us and through us in this ministry. The stature he's giving you in the spirit is the stature of giants. But he says, I should tell you, if you are going to sustain the body of a giant, then you, begin to, you, you need to begin to eat the food of giants. This time, devouring, devouring, discovering the secret place, spending time with him, working out these truths as a roundup. John chapter 1, verse 14. John chapter 1. Let's just read a, a couple of verses there, and then we'll wrap up. John 1, John 1, 14 to 16. Is it on your screen? And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father. He says it was full of grace and truth. John bear witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. He says in verse 16, I don't know if we can read this together. Can we read verse 16 together, child of God, wherever you are? We're rounding up right now. And of his fullness, and of his fullness, he has no deficiency. Remember what we said on Sunday? His package, his storeroom is sufficiency. There is no deficiency in him. So let's read this again with confidence, with full knowledge and understanding, with strength, with rejoicing in our hearts, with power, having received the Spirit of God. And of his fullness, have all we received and grace for grace and grace for grace in the amplified he says out of his fullness out of his abundance we have all received all at a share and we are all supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift what a rich verse what a rich verse. Child of God, this is your inheritance in Christ. Please, please, do not out of desperation sign out your inheritance to a second-class citizenship. Do not be slaves. And there's someone listening to me now. As I was speaking and as you were learning that you are free, you've never felt free before. And this is the confirmation you need. The Lord says you can live. He says you can leave that chain. He's broken the chain. He says you have to walk out of it. I don't know who that is for, but I hope you receive this as a confirmation for God, from God's Spirit. I don't know what part of the world you are listening to this from, but you, you, you don't feel free. You don't feel free. 
and it's supposed to be a religious environment. But you feel caged. As you step in, it's as though you put on new shackles and you feel like something is tying you. The Lord says he has broken the chains. It's now time for you to walk away. Galatians 5.1, meditate on it and the Spirit of the Lord will teach you what to do. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's begin to thank and magnify the King of glory. See the richness of his love. See the completeness of his inheritance. He's forgiven your sins. He's justified you. He's given you peace. He's caused you to walk in divine health. He's crowned you with grace and glory and honor. He's taking away every shame. He's giving you power in your spirit, man. Power in your soul. The discipline to say yes. The discipline to say no. The discipline to say yes to his spirit. The discipline to say no to your flesh. He's supplied power and vitality in your body. He's supplied you with his power and with his grace. He's given us a name. He says in addition to the things you will do by my spirit. He says there is also a technology that you can leverage on. I've given you a name. This is not the name of some CEO. This is not the name of some senator. This is not the name of some prime minister. He's saying there is no name that is higher above this name. He says, I've given you a name that can open doors. I've given you a name that can unlock opportunities. I've given you a name that demons bow to. I've put my seal and my authority in your lips. And I'm charging you, my son, charging you, my daughter, to arise. To arise, stop being that baby that is tossed to and fro. Stop being that infant that is maligned to and fro. He says there is a giant in you, my deposit, my spirit in you. It's time to gain expression, especially as we launch into a year like 2021. It's time, it's time to step up and to begin to live in the fullness of his grace. Thank you, Father, for what you have made available for us. Grace upon grace. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Favor upon favor. Gifts upon gifts. We give you the glory. For anyone under the sound of my voice, you're not even at step one. You've not received forgiveness of sins. Guess what? The Father's arms are wide open. He's saying, come up. Come up. There's an old song we used to sing. Into my heart. Into my heart. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus. Come into today. Come into stay. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus. I want to pray with you. It's the end of 2020. What a time to make a decision for Jesus. I know you are irritated with church. You've seen so-called pastors, so-called apostles, so-called prophets, so-called churches. This is not about church or religion. He's saying, come see Jesus. Come receive his life. Come drink of his fountain. Come receive grace upon grace. Come receive forgiveness of sins. Is coming to introduce you to a life. He says, come, 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 come back home. You think you're not good enough? He says, while you were here to sin, I died for you. He didn't wait for you to be good enough because you can't be good enough. Only him can make you justified. He can declare you righteous. I want to pray with you today 
this is the biggest miracle of 2020. We've received many testimonies that make my heart leap for joy at the amazing thing God is doing in the lives of his children. But when a man, when a woman finds their savior, look at the package that they unravel. There's rejoicing in heaven right now. I want to pray with you. As you repeat with me, Lord Jesus, I come to you today acknowledging my need for a savior. Reckoning that you are the son of God. You died to take away my sins. I refuse to be a slave to them anymore. I confess you, Lord, and Savior of my life. And I know you are alive today. Come live in me by your spirit. Fill me with your life. Let my life count for you. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. 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 Come on, let's celebrate this great miracle. Wherever you are, if you can, jam those hands together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at KICCCanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.